0: On today's episode of the Marathon of History podcast. Marathon of History owner Matt Johnson talks with Grey Roots Museum community historian Stephanie McMullen. Stephanie discusses her recent research into the creation of the Miford Tank Range in 1942.
1: Well, I really want to thank each and every one of you for listening to my podcast. As I've said before, there are as many history podcasts as there are history lovers. So as Jay-Z once said, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that. I also appreciate the fantastic guest I have with me today, Stephanie McMullen from Grey Roots Museum and Archives. Grey Roots is located just south of Owen Sound and west of Rockford for all you local listeners people from a little further away, Grey Roots is somewhere north of Toronto and south of Hudson's Bay. As we move into summer season, they have a magnificent outdoor space um, called the Morriston Heritage Village, and it's a collection of restored and reproduced buildings from different eras. There's quite often costumed interpreters that really do a great job bringing history literally to life. So if you have some little ones and are trying to get them into some history, uh, probably check out Grey Roots. It's a pretty excellent place. So for more information, visit greyroots.com. Stephanie is going to be discussing her recent research project on the establishment of the Meeford Tank Range in 1942. Uh, many people in Grey Bruce, Simcoe are familiar with the Tank Range in its current form as a reserve training base but lesser known is the story of its founding and in Stephanie's article which appears in the winter 2023 issue of Marathon of History magazine she talks about the founding of the base but also the emotional human side. Um, when the Tank Range was established the land was bought from the residents had a value that some thought was fair but some didn't so some people even to this day have strong emotions regarding the construction of the base um which like i said is located just outside of Meaford, ontario so i mean the truth is in 1942 uh the war was not going well whatsoever uh we were definitely losing the allies um and the canadian army needed a place to become more skilled in the intricacies of armored warfare and the site just west of Meaford, uh, which I believe is about 17,000 acres, um, contained all the elements to create just that facility. So here's Stephanie, and we're going to discuss some of the challenges of writing this article and the challenges that historians face when presenting controversial topics to the public. Stephanie, what uh, what is a community historian? What is your role at Grey Roots?
0: My role is a really fun, dynamic, fascinating role. Um, So I do research and writing. So I get to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, work with our archive staff who are absolutely top notch. And uh, then I get to take all of that information and share it in a variety of ways, whether that's doing public presentations, or um, working in Morriston Heritage Village, or assisting other community groups in helping them to facilitate telling their stories. It's really dynamic, really diverse. And one of the key components in my portfolio is working to ensure that the history that we're telling in Grey Roots is broader than traditionally has been done. So that means liaising with underrepresented communities in Gray County and making sure that we weave that story into Gray County stories, whether that's uh, our First Nations or Black settlers or whomever has a long history in Gray County but has not traditionally been included.
1: Diversity of your job is probably the, uh, the main thing that keeps it fresh, isn't it?
0: It absolutely is. I've met so many wonderful people who have so many things to offer. It's it's both humbling and exciting.
1: Right. So, so when it comes to doing a story such as the Tank Range, uh, was that your idea? Was that brought to you? How does that work? Or was that something that somebody said, hey, you should research this or...
0: Yes, actually, uh, the tank range story at Grey Roots dates back to 2005. Our uh, department head at the time, a very knowledgeable and uh, historically inclined person, uh, Sharon Vokes, her in laws actually had been moved from the tank range to where they now live in the Kilsyth area. And of course, of course, these folks were getting older and she was concerned that that history was going to be lost. So she made the suggestion that Grey Roots should capture that history through conducting oral interviews with people who had gone through that experience. And then sharing that story in an exhibit, which we opened in 2006 called Home on the Range, the story of the Meaford Tank Range. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... We were able to work with those families. The Department of National Defense was very helpful and very supportive and sharing their resources to help us tell that
1: story, too. Reading in the magazine, I found it pretty fascinating, firstly, that there is ties to the War of 1812 in in the area of Meaford. I did not realize that that was uh, part of the deal um, with British veterans.
0: Yeah, that it it is a really interesting story that's part of Gray County's history. And you're right, it's not one that's very well known. I think in part because although that eastern portion of Gray County was seeded in 1818 to provide land so that the Crown could make good on its promise to veterans, by the time they finished running it through all of the channels, um, most of the veterans, you know, it'd been 10, 15, 20 years since the war ended, and they had given up and they'd already established lives elsewhere, right. And so when it came time, they simply sold their scripts to land companies and very few veterans actually took up um, okay. the, the offers so
1: yeah right 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 well very interesting though so i thought the whole story actually i thought uh was really nicely summed up in your last paragraph which i will <laughs> read from the marathon of history magazine perfect the last paragraph creation of the Meefer tank range allowed the canadian expeditionary force to prepare for the invasion and liberation of northwest europe it allowed some residents the chance for a fresh start after generations of subsistence living for others the experience planted seeds of bitterness and sorrow as they were forced to abandon their homes and communities. So that's pretty much the, that's pretty much the story, isn't it? It's it's a the different reactions of the people of the time.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a very complex legacy and uh, it doesn't neatly fit into winners, losers, um, heroes, villains. It's, it's real life and real life is very complicated and, uh, there's not often there are no easy answers.
1: Right. Especially when, uh, you know, dealing with something like this, where you're taking people's homes, taking their property, it's, uh, you know, maybe for the greater good, you could look at it that way. But, you know, you're dealing with those emotions. And I'm sure that, you know, those emotions, it sounds like still are there for some families who have connections.
0: Oh, absolutely. Last week, I did uh, some presentations at Grey Roots. And, there were members of the audience with connections to it. There was one man who was there and was relocated. uh, And he talked about how his dad for 200 acres of farmland got $1,200. Oh, wow. Even if you translate that into 21st century dollars, that's not very much money. There was another man who um, they had moved off the tank range before he was born, but he talked about, um, his parents having just got married and they had gone out that spring to mark the trees on the property and, and he became quite emotional talking about how that impacted his parents. So yeah, there it's, it's still something in our history that touches people very deeply and definitely stirs a lot of emotion
1: yeah yeah so so this is something i'm interested to ask you i've asked many historians um it's easy you know nowadays to look back and say maybe they should have maybe they shouldn't have you know whatever whatever side you're on how when you put together something like this or, or you write a piece or do a presentation how do you separate that emotion from just telling the story like is that hard to do to not kind of give any sort of judgment on it
0: um I the way that I approach history and the reason that I've always enjoyed history is that it's a story that's true. Right. So when I start looking into a particular story and looking into the different sides I I really try to sit with it emotionally and sit with the different sides of the story and try to understand where they're coming from. And, and so with hindsight, it's easy for us to look back and say, Oh, well, they really didn't need to do whatever because things were going to turn out this way, or that wasn't really necessary. But when you take it back to that moment in time, when it was actually occurring you don't know what the future holds and so every side's emotions every side's perspective is valid from what they're feeling and then your job as the historian is then to take that overview of it share those different sides of the story
1: and and like you said it's so important to give those different sides of the story which i thought you did very well in the article for sure um you know you show the side of the government and you know it would have been a very scary time i mean germany's running roughshod over Europe. And of course, you're going to do some things that might, you know, may or may not be what you would do now. So
0: when we began the research, um, we actually had a conversation about that and how in 1942, we were losing the war. And so it was a very scary, dark time. We didn't know that ultimately we would prevail and achieve victory. So, People were acting very, um, in a very desperate, dark time. It's important to remember that uh, the people who were on that land, many of them did have sons who were overseas and were serving. So um, they weren't isolated from the war. It wasn't something that was happening to other people. It was happening to them as much as it was happening to anyone else in Canada.
1: Right. And, and I'm sure as well, there was probably First World War veterans around, and they understood sort of what we were up against. So so yeah, it's, it's interesting to take those perspectives in, and which I thought you did a great job of in the article, for sure. Um, so maybe we should just quickly talk about the article. So 1942, like we said, things were not going very well. Uh, how, how did it come out that the Government of Canada, Department of National Defense, how did they end up selecting Meaford?
0: Well, at the dawn of World War II, most of the Allied powers had thought that tanks were lumbering dinosaurs from the First World War and weren't really going to be that important in this go around. Of course, the German army had a very different perspective. And in the uh, fall of 1939, spring of 1940, the Panzer Divisions rolled over Western Europe. So it quickly became evident to the Allies that uh, perhaps they had misjudged the role of tanks in armored fighting vehicles. The problem in Canada is that uh, we really didn't have any suitable, certainly in Central Canada, we didn't have any suitable land um, that had, that was set up for training and uh, preparation for overseas service. The bases that we had at the beginning of the war were all on land that was too soft to support the weight of these vehicles. And so although they tried doing some training at Borden and at other locations, um, the vehicles just sank into the ground. So they sent out in June 1942 scouts to a variety of locations in um, Central Canada to try to determine the best place for setting up a new training area. This happened to be one of the areas and in fact was the one selected because it Offered the most bang for the buck. Right, it has coastline. It has floodplains. It has cliffs. It has a a hard, dry plain in the middle of the territory in question. So they, it had land that would support tanks. It had different landscapes that would allow them to practice landing on in Western Europe, and right. so it was a very effective training area for that preparation for D-Day and for the liberation of Holland. But uh, in 1942, the land was not particularly valued financially. And so the government could also obtain that land at a fairly reduced price compared to other areas that they were looking at.
1: So, yeah, so really is that diversity of terrain for sure that really helped. Uh, Yeah, because you look at somewhere like Borden and they're kind of in the middle of landlocked, whereas we have that nice coast up there. So, um, so nowadays it is still an active Canadian Forces training base. Um, Can people go, do they still have the museum there?
0: Um, Or is it there's
1: open houses?
0: It is one of their mandates at the base to be open and supportive with the community here and providing as much access as possible, providing as much uh, support to community initiatives as possible. It's actually the commanding officers, one of his standing orders is to help and and be supportive in the community. And so we've been very fortunate at Grey Roots to receive a lot of help and support in various projects. Right, right. Folks at the tank range.
1: Well that's so important because it's kind of if they didn't do that, it'd be sort of what goes on behind those uh those 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 <laughs> gates, right? So
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Oh, so I, I've been camping in Meaford before and you wake up in the morning and you hear artillery, it's like, wow, this is pretty strange.
0: <laughs> yes, in Owen Sound here, if uh the dog park is right down on the harbor and there are times you're down at the dog park and you can hear you can hear it all being fired <laughs> off and it just echoes down.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It just makes you wonder, like, what some of those First World War battlefields must have sounded like with, you know, thousands of those guns going off. Like, no wonder you could hear it in as far away as Britain or, you know,
0: oh just yeah. crazy. Yeah.
1: So what is what's coming up from you, Stephanie? Do you have any uh projects on the go or anything else oh, that you yes. can tell us about or?
0: Yes, uh, we are actually working on a project right now to refresh our permanent exhibit gallery. Uh, The exhibit was designed in 2004, which is uh, coming quite a while ago now. Yeah. So we're updating the permanent exhibit gallery. And so we are changing some of the themes to broader concepts uh, like voices, abundance, connection, um, permanence, and hope. And so we are telling fresh stories that were not necessarily included in the first version of the exhibit when Grey Roots opened in 2004. In fact, we are going to open... The abundance section, uh the second weekend in May. So okay. we'll keep working on the other sections throughout 2023. Um, uh, but I'm really excited by what we're doing and uh I'm really excited to see what people think of what we've we've come up with. And yeah. the tank range is actually one of the stories that we are intending to include in our connection section. We have a okay. special part of our connection section called Broken Connections. And so we, okay. talk about, we talk about some of those difficult stories that are part of our past.
1: Well, and like you say, difficult stories or not, that is all part of history. So you have to explore, history is not always pretty. So you have to explore all, all sides of it for sure. Um, yep. And I also, I also hear you have a really uh, great article coming up in the next issue of uh, Marathon of History Magazine called Farmyard Friends. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, Um, I have uh, a number of pieces coming up in about 1886 and what life was like in Gray County in 1886, and the first one is Farmyard Friends because Gray County is a very rural area. Agriculture has always been one of our dominant industries since the formation of the County of Gray, but did agriculture look quite the same in 1886 as it does today? Hmm. no, no, it really doesn't. It really doesn't.
1: (laughs) And we're going to explore that in the next issue. So (laughs) it's it's a great article. I I liked it. I really liked reading it. It was, I learned a lot from it actually. So, (laughs) no, that's great. So I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. That
0: sounds great. Thanks, Matt.
1: All right. Thanks, Stephanie. We'll see you. There you go, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to check out Stephanie McMullen talk about the establishment of the Meaford Tank Range, and of course you can read the full article in the winter issue of Marathon of History magazine, which is available absolutely free at marathonofhistory.ca. And as I said at the start, uh, you know why not go check out Grey Roots if you have some time this summer, and uh, you might even find Stephanie kicking around there, and you can ask her about it yourself. I'm sure she'd be happy to talk about it. So, so there you go. And uh, next episode, I'm very happy to announce I have. Of Mark Zulke, the one and only uh, Canadian historian and author coming on, and we're going to talk about uh, the start of World War II in Canada and what that looked like, so the transformation of a citizen into a soldier. It's a pretty interesting podcast, and that will be out next week.